Hey, what up, guys? It's me again. And welcome to the This Is My Moment podcast. And you know, here at This Is My Moment, we love smiling. We love having a good time. And we love clapping for people. Let's go get it. There ain't no stopping it. This is my moment. Uh, join the movement. We bringing people together. Bringing positivity. Making changes for the better. Cause it's all Today, I got somebody that's going to talk to me about resiliency. I want to talk about it. I want to touch on it. I want to see what it looked like from somebody else's viewpoint. Let's see what she got to say. Introduce yourself to the family. Hey, family. Uh, my name is Ginny Prem, and I am so excited to be here today. Um, I am a, after just recently leaving my very long corporate career um, in corporate America, I published my first book last year. And I've left that uh, corporate job to find new purpose and meaning in my life. And so now I'm speaking, podcasting. I've got my own podcast called Drinking with Gin and uh, doing coaching and authoring. So before we start, right, I'm looking at you, right? And I saw the, the Drinking with Gin and you got your, your, your wine on there, right? And you different places and you sip. And I'm like, oh, that's okay. And you said something on one of your shows that says, see people for what they show you. I said, you know what? That's right, because people generally show you who they are. And it's us, right? People that, I call it ignoring the red flags, right? They show you who you are. And then we like, no, maybe they'll change. Or maybe, what made you start saying like, like see what people show you? And this is not even getting into the questions yet. This is just what I saw in the beginning. What is that? No, that's really insightful. And um so that really comes from, so my dad was my favorite philosopher. You know, we love to quote other people, but he had all these dadisms, as I like to call them. Yeah. And one of them was, he used to always tell me when I was a little girl, Ginny, you live life in rose-colored glasses. And I always thought it was a really big insult until probably even after he was gone. Um, and now I realize that it is, I try to see the good in people. Yeah. And I try to find the good in things. And you don't have to do that. You don't have to try to see anything in people. They're going to show you. And part of the reason why that's so important to me is because I got duped. Like I got mm -hmm. duped hard um, by a romantic partner or who I thought was my partner and turned out to be nothing like what I yeah. thought he was. But yeah. in hindsight, there were, like you said, those red flags and yeah. I ignored them. I tried to justify them. Yeah. And cause sometimes we want to force things into being something that they're not. Yeah. And you don't have to do that because people might tell you something, but what they show you really does mean everything. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny. Cause a lot of times I'm the same way, right? Like I'm a, I'm a cup half full guy, right? Like it's never a bad person. And then when 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 you realize that you mean something different to someone that means something different to you, you know what I mean? Like it's not reciprocal, you know what I mean? And a lot of times once you, it's just what I think, once you outlive your value to that person, you're kind of expendable, but inside of you, you're like, I'm all in. This is like, like it's nothing else outside of this. And that one person could be like, you know what? Yeah, you are until you aren't. You know what I mean? So it's real you. So I want to talk to you a little bit. And I know the, the first question I want to talk about is you're my favorite. I, I looked at that and I was like, 
I wonder what she's going to tell me. Tell me what you and my favorite is. What is that? That's the title of my book. And honestly, it was a last minute name change. So Mm. it was called something different throughout the whole project. And at the last minute, I changed the name. And I'm so glad that I did. It all worked out exactly how it was supposed to. Um, But you're my favorite. There's a few little reasons throughout the book. So when you read it, you'll see kind of why I named it that. Yeah. But it's the book is about a romantic relationship that ended in a very shocking and traumatic way. And the crazy thing, Patrick, is that so much more has happened. My book came out about a year ago. Yeah. And the story just continues to unfold. Like it's crazy, <laughs> juicy stuff happening. Like if you've heard of the series Dirty John, I mean, it's like Dirty John level stuff going on here in Minneapolis with this guy. Yeah, it's it's wild. <laughs> so let me ask you this. With all this new information coming to light, are we going to see a part two? Like what is, is, is that in your is that in your calculations? I don't know if I'll write another book because a lot of it's not about my own experience. So my book is a true story. It's written from my point of view. um, And it's a, it's a true story. I literally walk you through this very shocking and traumatic point in my life. But what I am doing with it is I'm, I'm using it in my media and, you know, PR opportunities to to talk about it and talk about how the story continues to unfold. But yeah, really what it did for me was changed me. I mean, this experience changed me. Actually, I don't know if it really changed me, but what it did was it allowed me to become my most authentic, true version of myself. That's it right there, sister. I know I was in there all along, but because of you know, some different people that were around me, how I was raised, some really narcissistic um, people in my family and in my life. That's what was familiar to me. And now this guy's like next level. Like this guy, like I said, like the stuff is like shocking. I mean, it's like, when I talk to other people, they're like, Jenny, he's not just a narcissist. I think he might be like a predator and a psychopath and a sociopath, like all these things all wrapped up in in one. Goodness. So let me let me ask you this. During that time, right? How was your mental state? Like like I know in order to move on, you have to change the way that you think, the, the way that you see things. But at that time before you started recognizing the red flags, before all these other things that happened to make you push forward, where were you at mentally? Let me, can I tell you just a little bit about the story? So let me tell you a little bit about the story and kind of what happened. I'm not, I promise I'm not going to give any spoiler alerts, but um, so basically what happened is I was single, like living my best life. I've got this big corporate job. I'm traveling everywhere. Like basically picture a Netflix series of the, you know, successful career lady traveling all over. Like that was me. I had this great life. And then I am introduced to this guy. I call him Chad. That's not his real name, but uh, Chad in the book. And I was resistant to dating him partly because my life was so good, but he also had two kids. Mm, And so eventually, you know, I, I'm trying to slow play it, but he's, you know, really doing the love bombing and pulling me in quick and moving things hot and heavy, super fast, the gifts, the notes, the fancy dinners, the concerts, the football games, you know, all of it. So I fell in love. 
And then I meet his kids and I fall in love two more times. <laughs> and I have this instant family, you know, so yeah. not too long, you know, into the relationship, they move in and they have a wonderful mother. So they were with her, you know, 60% yeah. of the time. And at that time, 40% with us. Yeah. And, you know, I'm on a business trip and my life is so good. Like I think at this point, one of my friends messages me and she's like, Hey, what time do you land tonight? And this is a Tuesday night. And I know yeah. my podcast is called drinking with Jen and I like to have some cocktails, but not at nine 30 on a Tuesday night. Like <laughs> we were not like Tuesday night, 9 PM cocktail kind of friends. Like we would get together for coffee or workouts. So yeah. my mindset, right. So here's where my mind and my head is at at this point, I'm all day, like worried about her. I am yeah. so worried about this friend. Like, why does she so urgently need to meet with me? for yeah. drinks at 9 30 on a Tuesday night, yeah, something yeah. major must be going on with her. So I'm in my head going, how do I show up and be a good friend? Right. How do I be there for her and support her with whatever is going on? Cause she's giving me no clue, like no inkling. Yeah. So I get to the restaurant and I sit down and she displays this arrangement of evidence of lies, betrayal, deception, yeah. about this guy that's currently at home sleeping in my bed. Uh, so uh, it's like I walked in to this restaurant, one woman with a certain life that I thought I had, yeah. and I'm leaving facing a completely different life. So kind of what that did to get back to your question of you know, where that put me and where my head was at, like my world was shook. I questioned everything, like yeah. what was reality and what right. wasn't, what's right. real and what's not. And yeah. I was in shock. I was just going through the motions. So when you experience something like that, like a, a real trauma or adversity or a really difficult time in your life, yeah. it's almost like time stands still, like your uh, world is standing still but the world is moving on all around you. Yeah. And sometimes it's just a matter of putting one step and, you know, one foot in front of the other and catching your breath and just getting through the day. So yes. my immediately, my mental health was not good. I mean, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. I lost yeah. immediately like a whole bunch of weight. And, you know, it takes a little bit of time to, to get out of that. But luckily I did. And cool. we're way on the other side of it and so much you better um, from it. Yeah. You cooking. Let me ask you this. What strategy did you use to bounce back? Because I knew it couldn't have been easy because, like, obviously you were all in. Like, I mean, you let people and their kids move in. That's that's kind of a thing. <laughs> so <laughs> what, what strategy did you use to bounce back to get yourself out of that hole? I look at bouncing back. So we, we talked about that. So bouncing back is resilience, right? That's the ability to bounce back and human as humans, like human nature, we have the ability to bounce back. I didn't bounce back. I mm. bounced forward. I catapulted my life forward and I didn't even really realize how I did it until I was beyond it. But once I reflected and I looked back, I developed this program called gin path g-i-n so staying on brand with me and drinking with gin and all that but it really did come down to these three things so the first thing i did it's it's this three part kind of process 
are this three-part path, the G, the I, and the N. So the first thing I did, G, was just gather. I had to gather myself, like I said, some days just to get out of bed and and show up. But then I started to really get curious and gather information about my community, myself, Mm -hmm. the people around me, and what was going on. Why, like, how did I get here? What just happened? What is going on? Um, And how, you know, kind of how do we move forward? So the gathering, I, for me, what I started to do is read books, journals, articles to really understand why I allowed this in my life Mm. and taking that hard reflective step of not just looking at who and what's around you, but taking that hard look inward as well. Yeah. So that's kind of the first component. And then the second part is intentions and intentionality. I know that's kind of a big buzzword out there right now, but it was about being intentional with myself and what I wanted, what I mm-hmm. wanted my life to look like, what I wanted a month, a week, a day, an hour to look like in my life, who I wanted to be and how I wanted to feel and showing up as the best, most confident version of myself. And then yeah. being intentional about what you're doing, who you're surrounding yourself with, what you're doing to bring joy into your life. Yeah. And that intentionality piece is huge. Yeah, and it's okay. not just like dismissing or saying like, you're not going to acknowledge the feelings. It's not just like toxic positivity because yeah. that's also not good, right? Like that kind of swings the pendulum the other way. Right. But what I'm talking about is actually acknowledging and being intentional about facing the feelings that are coming up for you, acknowledging them, and then asking, like, is this serving me? Like, how is Mm -hmm. this serving me? And then being intentional about that and, you know, how you move forward. Okay. And then the last part is nurture. So really figuring out ways to nurture yourself. And for me, Mm -hmm. I discovered meditation, Okay. which if you would have asked the Ginny five years Prior to that, I would have been like, you know what, you just go ahead and take your meditation pillow and go on with your hippie dippy selves and have fun with that. But yeah. it really has changed my life. It has helped me again, get to know me and who I yeah. am, be more calm, patient, um, understanding, yeah. you know, that compassion that I've always had has now kind of come to the forefront. It's helped me like not live in ego anymore and yeah. live from your heart. And if meditation is not your thing, there's a lot of other ways to nurture, right? It can look like faith. If someone is really into faith and prayer, that's another way to lean. Um, It can be exercise, you know, but again, being intentional about that exercise. Do you want to go for a run because you need a really good sweat? Or do you want to go to yoga because you need to just get a good stretch or calm and clear your mind and just be present on that mat for, you know, 30 or 60 minutes? It might be a massage or getting your nails done or, you know, it can really look a lot of different ways. So that nurture component is, I mean, that we could have just a whole podcast on in itself, but um, (laughs) I hope that wasn't too much, but that's really kind of the whole, like, that's the path that I did. And I think that by doing that, it not just helped me, you know, catapult my life forward from this situation, but it's something that I can use and reflect on in everyday life. I think it can make you a better leader, a better employee, a better partner, a better friend, just being aware and doing these kind of three little steps. So first off, congratulations on finding that. And when you said that 
you don't you didn't bounce back. That to me is is solid gold, sister. That to me, that to me is is what you said in the beginning. Like uh, we're gonna talk about it, but a little different. That's different, and that's not a little different. That's way different. So congratulations. So I talked to you before we started, like actually recording. Like my my grandfather was the reason that I do this, and I saw and heard you just say that your father had passed away and your father was your guy, right? Yeah. How much of an impact did your dad have on you to give you this ability to catapult forward, to quit a great corporate job, to go out on a limb of faith for talking and writing and podcasting? Like, what impact did your pops have on you? You know what I mean? To, to, to give you that... <clears throat> So hopefully I can do this without crying because crying my, is okay. Oh, well, my dad was my everything. Like he really shaped me for who I am. My dad and I were inseparable. Like talk about daddy's girl. Like I made a bunch of jokes at his funeral. Cause I had to, I led his funeral and gave the eulogy and everything. And I, I was like, daddy's little girl, apple of his eye, daddy's princess. Like, these are just some of my nicknames. Should I go on? You know, like, and everyone <laughs> knew, like, I was his golden child. Like, I was his favorite. And I know you're not supposed to have a favorite child, but there was just no denying that with my dad. And, yeah. and he would say it. Like, it, it's kind of, it's kind of wild, but there's so much of him instilled in me. And so yeah. some of the qualities that I think I really learned from him are mm -hmm. integrity, like yeah. first and foremost, integrity and principle, sometimes to a fault. Like sometimes mm -hmm. it's like, okay, don't just like try to, you know, do this out of principle. Like sometimes we can just like wash our hands of things and move on. Um, but, you know, integrity, principle, determination, hard work. Yeah. My dad was a hard worker and really amazing work ethic. And he was passionate mm -hmm. about what he did. Um, and so I think all of those things, and I don't think I even appreciated some of his wisdom yeah. until after he was gone. You know, like I kind of mentioned yeah. some of the dadisms and yeah. I, I kind of say they're like a bad, they're like a dad joke. Like, well-intended but maybe poor timing and not when you want to hear it but yeah, later yeah. on it makes sense because like my dad was not an emotional guy like yeah. I think the first time I saw him cry was when I was like 12 when we had to put our you know family dog down yeah. and and he didn't even want me to know because you know ahead of time because he didn't want me to see him like that you know yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. and didn't want me to be you know upset but I actually think he was more in tune with his emotions mm -hmm. than I ever thought. And it's, I think it's partly because of these dadisms, like I, these dadisms, like <laughs> I think he was even wiser than I yeah. thought. And like, he was also that guy that, you know, there's people that know a lot about a little, like they're really well, yeah. you know, they know a lot <laughs> about their craft. Yeah. And then there's people that know, a little about a lot. Yeah. They're like, okay, you know, I can tell you a little bit about this and a little Random bit about facts. that. Yeah. <laughs> My dad knew a lot about a lot. Like <laughs> he, like I just, you know, he was just a wealth of knowledge and, and wisdom and jovial. And he also like one other thing on another big impact that he had on me is music. 
So my dad loved music. He loved the oldies. So <clears throat> I grew up listening to the oldies and pop and everything. Yeah. But since he passed away, one of the songs I played at his funeral was Stand By Me. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that's not a common song yeah. anymore. Yeah. But I hear it everywhere. And yeah. so like I hear it, I heard it last summer on a patio with a live band in Paris. Mm. I mean, I, I heard it last Friday when I was with some friends at a location. Yeah. I mean, it, it comes on all the time. And that to me is like him always saying that he like, I always feel like that's because he's yeah. here with me. Yeah, yeah. So that might've been more than you bargained for uh, in terms of an answer. But as you that. can tell, he was, like you said, a guy. Yeah, you know what's funny? I'm, I'm going to say two things on that. So that song, I love Stand By Me. I love it. And you know what's funny? I can picture my grandfather talking to me, right? And if I'm wrong, correct me. When that song comes on to me, it almost seems like a break. Like, I would close my eyes and just say, thanks, Dad. Or, you know what I mean? Like, like that's the kind of feeling listening to you that I get because that's what I get with my grandfather. When certain people call me certain things right or, or or if i hear something that reminds me of him it's just one of those things where i close my eyes and be like you know what and my grandma my grandmother she just passed too and that was that was my lady and certain things just makes you close your eyes and be like you know what thank you i'm trying and then we'll go on about our day you know what i mean and that's what i get from you like when you hear that song stand by me what is it when the night right and and, and you say it and you just like you know what I love you too. And we'll move on. And my daughter is a girl dad. I mean, is a, is a, I'm a dad's girl. And um, yeah. the conversation that we have, no one understands it. The relationship that we have, when you look at it like, why are you letting her talk to you like that? Why are you talking to her like that? Because the relationship that we have goes above what people see. Like it's on a whole different connection to where she calls me and she cries and she's upset. And she'll say things that she won't say to her mom because she know dad's going to give it to a straight dad loves her and dad cares about her, but dad is still going to give it to a straight. And sometimes that's what she needs. And that's what our relationship is. And like, you can't talk to your daughter like that. I'm like, but why not? And what I did with my daughter is I treat her like my princess, because when she sees somebody or someone starts to date her, she already has a bar. So in my mind, I'm hoping that she won't settle for someone that treats her less than her dad. You know what I mean? Yeah. And as funny as, as funny as that is, man, like I don't, I'm the type of dad that'll come to your door. You know what I mean? Like if you mess with my daughter, I'm coming to your house. We're not, <laughs> I we're, not we're not, we're just gonna, we're just gonna keep it straight. If you mess with her in a, in a manner that hurts her physically, mentally, we're gonna come talk about it. And if your parents are there, we're gonna talk to them about it too. That's just who I am because you don't do that. And that's why I love my daughter in the same way that your relationship with your dad is a Howard is. Congratulations for that. I don't want to get too mushy because we're coming to the end. This is the fun part. All right. So I told you in the beginning that we're going to play a little game. And I started last season to where at the end of every show, I give you two options. I didn't have a name for it last season. This season, we got a name. We call it Pick One. That's the name of the game. This is not me throwing you under the bus. I'm not going to wow you with my questions. Just got to choose. You ready? Okay, I'm ready. Let's go get it. I hope I pick right. There's no wrong answer. <laughs> Writing 
or podcast? Which one you choose? Ooh. Right <laughs> now, right now, podcast. Podcast over writing. In this season. In this season. You got it. Here we go. One flex. What's your biggest flex? One. My biggest flex is being authentic. Because there's nobody that you ever have to try to pretend to be or nobody ever trying to have to figure out who you really are. Like, it just, this is what you get. Period. There's no image to keep up. I love that too, because you know what? It's real hard to be somebody else. <laughs> I, might well, be I might well just be me. Last one. I give you the phrase, this is my moment. First thing comes to your mind. Oh, this, this is my moment. Like my moment is just begun. Like right now, I just celebrated a year with my book and yeah. like really just launching. I mean, I, I feel like everything I'm launching right now is to help other people yeah. bounce forward. And that is why I'm doing the work that I'm doing. So I, like I said, when I saw your podcast, I was like, this is the perfect pair. Like just what you're, <laughs> everything you're doing and what you're all about and what I'm yeah. doing, it just seemed to be the right yeah. match. So it, the name of your podcast was, you know, really perfect. This is my moment. Before I close the show, I want to tell you, thank you for everything that you do. I've been watching and I like, I'm a traveler. I love traveling. I love going different places. I'm not really a wine guy. I'm a margarita guy. So, but when I, yeah, yeah. But when I saw you sipping, I was like, man, that's, this is what living is, right? Taking our summers and making the most of them. Taking our time, not getting so caught up in the day-to-day -day grind, the day-to-day -day hustle to where we miss out on these opportunities to enjoy the things that we work so hard for. And I think you hit it on the head. When you left that nine to five corporate to do and bet on yourself and now you enjoying it and you traveling. What you say? You was in France last week, week four last. Sister, that's amazing. It's not even spring break or summer. We just on vacation, right? Like You have to. You have to take vacation. And yes. I think that's been a big mindset shift for me too is I don't care about things as yeah. much anymore it's about yeah. experiences in yeah. life you know yeah. and part of that is seeing different parts of the world and different cultures and yeah. getting to travel and that brings me a lot of joy and i know it brings a lot of other people joy too so yeah. it brings me tons of joy i tell you what it's nothing like getting another stamp on that passport yes <laughs> <laughs> i love right. that hey guys just like jenny said man and this is i'm gonna use this don't bounce back catapult forward that to me is probably the the most inspiring thing that I've heard in a long, long time. Because I've always said, oh, bounce back, bounce back. Now, nah, you know what? I'm going to try to, from here on out, I'm going to catapult forward. Be the best version of myself that I can be. And you go be the best version of you can be. Bounce back no longer. Catapult forward. And at the end of the day, go get it! Join the movement, we bringing people together, bringing positivity, making changes for the better. Cause it's all about growth, all about success. We wanna see you rise, wanna see you at your best.